The following is a special presentation from Pastor Joanne Ramsey and Speak the Word Ministries. We trust God's Word will bless you as you listen to this message. Here's Pastor Joe. I believe with all my heart that if you'll take what the Lord speaks through me for you, and if you'll put it into practice and you refuse to back off, that it will work for you. If you'll take what you hear tonight and you'll put it in practice. As a matter of fact, I was reading this book the other day and they were saying that of all these people, you know, these people that's running around going to seminars and conferences and conventions and things all the time. And they say that out of all these people that go to these, that attend these conventions and conferences, only about 10% of them actually apply any of the things that they learn. That's, you know, just think about it, only 10%. But they're running, they're looking, they're looking for something. But what they're looking for is right there, right there inside of them. You don't have to go looking. He's right here inside of you. You know, you, you just got to take, to take the Word of God and apply it to your life. But I do believe that over the next few days that that percentage rate is not going to be 10%. I believe that percentage, that percentage is going to be much higher than the 10% because I truly believe that God did not bring me to Hillsville just to be bringing me. I'm not an entertainer. I'm a preacher. I know that the Lord primarily sent me 3,000 miles two weeks ago just to minister to one person. So it doesn't matter where you are. I know I went for what I was supposed to go for another reason, and I did. But primarily, I don't believe in coincidence in God's world, in the kingdom. That it was, it was not by chance the week before that that this lady needed help and needed prayer. And I truly believe in her friend that was paralyzed that needed a word. And she was worn out and she called out to God. And she wrote me and she said, Pastor Joe, she said, could you come to Orange County in California? She says, and, 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 have a, and hold a healing service. And so I, I wrote her back and emailed her back and I said, I, I don't know when I'll be able to do that. I said, however, it, it just, just so happens I'm going to be in Orange County in about a week. And so I met with her there at the hotel. A couple of days later, I had her meet me there. She said she didn't live far from the hotel we were going to be at. Uh, we were there doing ministry work. And we prayed for her and, and her friend. I said, will you tell your friend, because her friend wasn't a born-again Christian, but the person that I spoke with, Beverly, was. I said, will you tell your friend that Jesus, that God sent me 3,000 miles just to tell her that he loves her? You know, but God will send you. All you have to do is just call out. And God will always be there for you, no matter where you are or who you are or what you're going through. Most of the time, people are going through things and they think they're doing it on their own, but you never, you are. Because he says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. Praise the Lord. And like I said, I believe with all my heart that if you will take what the Lord speaks through me for you and put it into practice, like I said before, and refuse to back it off, it will work for you because God's word never fails. God's word will only work when you receive it in your spirit. Yes. Brothers and sisters, on my own, I can do nothing. However, as a vessel for God, and I am a vessel, I can speak as the Holy Spirit gives me utterance and I can speak the word of God. But keep in mind that God's word is spirit and life. So as I'm speaking it, let the word, his word minister to you. Brothers and sisters, there are a lot of traditions, a lot of bad doctrine, a lot of misconceptions in the church today. 
and many things that have been added to the body of Christ over the years. And I believe that these teachings have prevented a lot of God's children from really receiving from the Lord. You'd be surprised at some of the things that get taught in the churches. I don't believe that you're getting wrong teaching here at Hillsville Worship Center with Pastor Goat. And I don't believe in some of the other local churches around um, that you're getting uh, any uh, wrong teachings uh, from them. But uh, I, I know, I'm, I personally know about some of the churches over here, so I don't believe that you're getting any uh, bad teaching from uh, any of those churches either. But we've all been victims of some of these false teachings. I was a victim in my early walk with the Lord, but thank God His truth has set me free. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It says in John 7, 17, 17, 17, it said, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. And it tells us in Mark 7, 13 in the NIV, it says, Thus you nullify the word of God by the traditions that you have handed down, and you do so in many such manners. I like this translation, as a matter of fact, in the God word translation. It says, Because of your traditions, you have destroyed the authority of God's word, and you do many other things, he says, like that. One of the things that I am praying to counter in some of these traditions that has held you in bondage to a certain way of thinking, because that's what, that's what false doctrines and teachings do. It holds you in bondage and keeps you from really enjoying the freedom that God has for you. You know... We come into the church, we hear the word of God, we get born again. So now, now that we are born again, we, we are in the kingdom. And we need to have our minds renewed to the truth. We need to have our minds renewed to kingdom thinking. According to Romans 12 too, that's what the Lord says. He said, to present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. He also says, don't be conformed to this world but to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, he said, so that you'll know what the perfect will of God is for you. So he, he don't want you to be conformed. And, and some translation says behave like the world behaves, but to be transformed. Transformed is something that takes place on the inside. Conformity takes place on the outside. Okay. In John 8, 31, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, he says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And he says in verse 32, he said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, am I saying that I know it all? Not by a long shot. No, I'm not saying that at all because the Lord continues to reveal his truth to me all the time. And I pray that he'll continue to reveal his truth to me for it is only by his truth that you and I can truly be set free. Hallelujah. You agree with that? And I cannot overemphasize enough that you open your heart to each word of God that we read and that the things that I share with you. If you will open your hearts and be expecting, healing is here for you tonight. And over the next few days, actually healing is for, here for you every day, not just this weekend, but really healing is for you here every day. Deliverance is here for you. Freedom is here for you. But it's important for you to expect to receive. It's always, you, you need to have a high expectation from the Lord. And another thing, if we can get rid of those misconceptions, for instance, that we have to do certain things in order for the Lord to move in our lives. So many people think that they have to pray so, many, so long every day. They've got to go 
um, quote so many scriptures. They've got to attend so much church. They've got to do this. They've got to do that. It's all about them doing and nothing about what Jesus is doing. But actually, he paid the price and he's done it all. And I'm not saying none of these things aren't good. They are good. You, you need to study the word. You need to pray. You need to talk to the Lord. But it's not about you. It's about him. It's about what he has done for us. Do you understand that? So if we can get rid of some of these misconceptions and, and just let the Lord Jesus minister healing to you through the Holy Spirit, for healing is God's nature. That's his nature, saints. Jesus ministered healing to a lot of people in the Bible who were not Christians. You don't have to be perfect to receive from the Lord. Matthew 9.35 says He healed them all. Yes. There were a lot of people that He healed and then He would say, Go sin no more. You know, and the woman it was called an adultery. Yes. She, wasn't, she wasn't a Christian. And then all that story, story already did uh, puzzle me too, you know, because, you know, the man was there too. I still get it because I'm, I'm a female pastor. But, you know, I got news for them. They didn't call me. Uh, <laughs> God called me and he anointed me to pe uh, teach and preach his word uh, many years ago. Actually, I, I became a believer late in life. But I've been running just as hard as I can run. And those that know me know that I've been running just as hard as I can ever since he has called me into the ministry. But I was running hard the other way. And when he came into my life, I started running for him and giving it everything I've got for as long as I can. But I, I don't know. The Lord says, what, what can man do to you? And he said, don't be afraid of their faces. And don't, don't worry about them. You know, so I don't care you know, what, what they say. You know, they need to take the whole Bible. You know, we need to take every word in the Bible and quit taking things out of context and read the whole thing. I know that others need to be delivered from depression or oppression. You know, Jesus hates oppression. I was delivered from depression in the very beginning of my walk with the Lord, and I, not, and I cannot tell you what it was like to finally be free. It was one of the hardest times of my life. And some of you to, in here tonight might be feeling down and, and needing a word of encouragement. I know that when I went through that depression, I began going through it just a little bit before I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And it was right after that, I mean, he hit me with everything, the enemy hit me with everything he had. And it was only by the grace of God, only by the grace of God that I survived because it took, it was almost a year just, and my sisters, um, I know it's, uh, both of them, especially my oldest sister knows that it, it took everything I had to keep my head above water to keep from drowning because at that time, I was a new Christian, and even though I'd been going to church off and on all my life, I didn't know very much of the Word. And so it was really hard to try to stay, stay afloat when you don't know the Word of God. But God is good. Yes. He is awesome. Yes. And He's there to help you, and He fills in those empty places, you know. And He helped me by bringing people and at the little church that I went to, uh, I was, got born again in a huge church, but then the Lord took me over and put me in a small church, and there you know, I ministered to and, and learned to grow in Him. You know, in times in my life, He has set me on the shelf for like a year or two at the time. I know He did that in Mount Olive. He put me, in, the, <laughs> put me in, this, in this place and just put me on the shelf, and you just sit there, you know, and uh, 
spend time with the Lord and learn everything I know, which is, I'm not saying is a lot, but everything I know, the Holy Spirit's taught me. And He's teaching me every day. I study every day. I read the Word every day. I study every day. I pray every day. It's not a day I go by that I'm not taking notes. I'm hungry. <laughs> I want to know just as much as I can because not only is it ministering to me, but it's going to minister to somebody else too. And if, unless, unless I'm learning, unless I'm increasing in wisdom and knowledge, then I can't help you either. And that's what Jesus was doing. The Bible says he was increasing in wisdom and knowledge as he was growing. He had, you know, we all have to learn. Even Jesus himself had to learn. Hallelujah. But praise God, I got through it, and here I am preaching. <laughs> the Lord revealed to me in my prayer time recently, actually giving me more of a revelation to these truths because he said, because the things he was revealing to me, I knew them, you know, but he was giving me a new revelation of them. And you know them too, because you have read them and you have heard them preach to you time and time again. As a matter of fact, I teach on these scriptures all the time. But number one, that Jesus reminded me that he lives in me and he lives in you. And he has given us power of attorney to use his name. As a matter of fact, the definition for the power of attorney is, is this. It's, it's a written document given by one person or party to another, authorizing the latter to act for the former. Having power of attorney gives me and you the power to use the name of Jesus. Think about that. Saints, we have the authorization. We have been given permission to use the most high name there is. The name that is above every being, the name that is above everything in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. Think about that. And he has given us the power of attorney, of, of the commission to use it. In other words, if you're not quite sure what power of attorney is, let me say real quick, uh, say for Nancy over here, for instance, if um, she needed something that she needed to have taken care of and she was going to be out of the country, she needs to be away, or maybe somebody is laying up sick and they can't take care of it, they can have an attorney draw up a paper giving them legal authority, authority. And so any, this person has got the same authority that Nancy has. They can sign her name legally to anything. Or it could be, it could be done specifically. It could be a specific power of attorney to do one thing. Or it can be to do act in all things. Jesus has given us permission to use it in all things. It's not, it's not just for one specific thing, but it's for all things. So it's for your health, it's for your finances, it's for your children, it's for everything. There, there's no limitations on him using his name. And number two, I see, he's given us the power to cast out demons, to bind and to loose, according to Matthew 18, 18, and to lay hands on the sick, according to Mark 16, 18. Number two, he reminded me that as he is, so are we, as we spoke earlier when we were praying with uh, Brother Goad in 1 John 4, 17. And when he was on, here on this earth, he spoke to sickness. Jesus spoke to sickness. He spoke to the lame. He spoke to the blind. He spoke to the deaf. He cast out demons and he spoke to storms and they ceased. Yes. Brothers and sisters, we can do the same things. We can do the same things in the name of Jesus. We can do all these things that Jesus did. He revealed to me that all you have to do is get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do the work because it's not us doing the healing in the first place. We have to understand that it's time to put our foot down. It's, it's time to stop letting the devil 
take control over your life and, and, and fight back. You are the one that has the authority. He doesn't have the authority. He, he doesn't have any authority over you. And we're going to talk a lot about this tomorrow night. And we're going to demonstrate a lot of this tomorrow night. He says in Zechariah 4, 6 in the New Living Bible, it says, This is what the Lord said to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. He told Zerubbabel, he said, Nothing, not even a mighty mountain would stand in his way. He said it would become a level plain before him. I'm telling you tonight that nothing can stand in your way if you will have faith in the Word of God and if you will act on that Word. And, of course, we all know that you're only going to act on what you really have faith in. What you believe, that's what you're going to act on. But if you will start acting on the Word, God will back His Word up. Yes. He always backs His Word up. Saints, in other words, He is asking you and me what he's saying, asking me is for us to have faith in the name of Jesus and faith in the power of the Word of God. That's what he's asking us, to have faith in the name of Jesus. In Acts 3, 16, in the New Living Translation, Peter seizing the opportunity to address the crowd that had gathered in amazement and at the witnessing, the lame man being healed. The Bible said everyone stood in amazement. And Peter said to the crowd that gathered, he said, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently, he said at us, as though by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? Why look at us like we're the ones that did it? I, I have been in places and, and prayed with people and people have been healed, but it wasn't me. It was their faith in the name of Jesus that did it. And that's what he was saying. He said in verse 16, he says, Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed, and you know how crippled that he was before. Faith in Jesus' name healed him before your very eyes. I'd like to point out one thing in the scripture. In verse 6, Peter said to the lame man, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, he says, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, notice that Peter and John did not pray for that lame man. They just gave him a command. Peter just told him to stand up in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and walk. And it says, and then Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. I'm here to tell you tonight that Peter and John are not in possession of anything more than what you are in possession of. There is only one God and the same, one same spirit. In all of us. So the same power that was in Peter when he spoke and told that man to stand up. He said, silver and gold, I have none. But what I have, I give to you. What did he have? He had the Holy Spirit in him. It wasn't him. And it was his faith in the name of Jesus. He, he knew that when he spoke, that there was power in the name of Jesus. We sing those songs all the time. How precious is the name of Jesus. The pow there's power in the blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. There's power in the name of Jesus. But we got to start not only singing about it, but we must act on it. We must act on it. I, I, tell, I, I talk to myself. I do a lot of self-talking, and you need to do a lot of self-talking too. You know, I talk to myself, 
The other day I was talking to myself and I said, Self, there's no difference between you and Peter. No difference between you and John. The same spirit that lived in Peter and John lives in you. And if, if, if Peter went out there in the name of Jesus and told that man to get up and walk, Jesus is going to honor his, honor his word, his name, his word. He said, I don't have anything to give you, but what I do have, I give you. What did he have? He had the power of God. He had the name of Jesus. And that's all he needs. As a matter of fact, we've read the scriptures because it, it, you know, it goes on to say that uh, he tells them how you're the one that crucified him. <laughs> he said, you know, he's, you know, in that name, he said, you're the one. He said, you crucified him. But he said, but brothers and sisters, now notice that Peter and John, I want you to notice this. All he said was in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Brothers and sisters, notice that Peter and John did not pray for the lame man. They just gave him a command. Peter just told him to stand up in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and walk. And then Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And it says in the Bible that immediately the man's feet and ankle bones received strength. And, and they began to jump and leap with joy, praising God. Saints, Peter was merely exercising his God-given authority, the same authority that you and I have been given. That's all Peter was doing. And John, he was just exercising his authority. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.20, he says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, meaning just the word of man, he says, but it's in power, which is the word of God. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our own image according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Verse 28 said, Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. Brothers and sisters, have dominion means to dominate. That's what it means, to dominate. I've listed four definitions that according to the dictionary, dominion means. Number one, the power or the right of governing and controlling. Sovereign authority. Number two means rule, control, domination, in other words, to dominate. Number three, a territory usually of considerable size in which a single rulership holds sway. Lands or domains subject to sovereignty or control. The definition for subdue is to conquer and bring into subjection. Also means to overpower by superior force. And that's what we've been instructed to do. We have been made, we have been instructed. We are that superior force. <laughs> I don't know if you recognize that or not, but you are. You are that superior force. Overcome, isn't that what Jesus calls us saints? More than overcomers. In Romans 8, 37, he said, you know, that you are more than overcomers. In Hebrews 8, 2, he says, You have put all things in subjection under him. In the New Living Bible, it says, You give him authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. 
in Psalms 8, 6, it says, you have, made, give, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand. You have put all things, he said, under your feet, under his feet. And verse 8 says, he made him a little lower than the angels. You know, John G. Lake, uh, some of you may be familiar with John G. Lake. He's gone home to be with the Lord a long time ago. He was a great general in the service of the Lord. But John G. Lake stated in one of his books, Heavenly Authority, the right, the right of the believer, that most Christians have not yet understood the word dominion and what God has given us. I believe the Lord has sent me here this weekend as his vessel to encourage you and to reveal some truths that he has revealed to me, truths that have set me free and I believe is going to set you free too. And I realize that it takes more than a few teachings to cover everything, but we're going to get a good start tonight. Hallelujah. Saints, one of the greatest battles in the battle is the battle with our mouths. I cannot, I cannot tell you how important this is because this is where it all is. Yes. It's where it starts and where it ends. There are hundreds and hundreds of scriptures that tell us that. In James 3, 8, it says, And no one can tame the tongue, so cursing and blessings come, from, come pouring out of the same mouth. In verse 12, it says, Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water, he says, from a salty spring. In other words, you can't be speaking sickness and remain healthy. And it's the same with your finances. You cannot speak death and sickness out of one side of your mouth and health out of the other side of your mouth and expect to be healed. You cannot speak poverty out of one side of your mouth and always be poor mouthed and expect to prosper. It doesn't work. That's what Jesus is saying. He says, you know, you got blessings coming out of this side. You got curses coming out of that side. We got people every day, you know, to come to church on Sunday and singing the choir and everything else. And they're living for God that day. And the next day they're out cursing the next, you know, cheating and stealing and, and, and cursing. He's, you know, got going to coming out of both sides of the mouth. And we don't recognize that because, see, we don't do it. I don't think that any of you in here, anyone that's listening online, I don't think we do it intentionally. I think we do it because we are not conscious of what we're doing. We don't realize that when we ask the Lord to heal us, that really is something, he's, of course, He's already done. But we can ask, you know, and we speak. Uh, in other words, if you're not asking him to heal you, but you're speaking uh, to your body that's sick and you're, you're commanding that body to do certain things, and you have to make up your mind. You need to make up your mind before you pray for someone or pray for yourself that you have faith in God's word and what he said in his word and that when you pray for that person or for yourself that as soon as the amen is done, it's done. Yes. And then if you don't see any results from that today or tomorrow or the next day, you're still going to have to consider it done. Yes. Because if you don't consider it done, that's what you call wishy-washy. That, that's why you lose. That's why people, people come in here. People can come in here tonight and, and be healed and receive their healing. And, and by the time they get out in the parking lot, the enemy's already convinced them that they're not. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have my husband tomorrow night he's going to give some testimonies on uh, some of the miracles he's received and, and how God has healed him and blessed him.
But you have to stand on the word. I'm guilty. You know why I'm teaching this? Because I'm guilty. You know, I, you know, I pray, speak to my body or speak to my head. And then if I don't get any results right away, then I don't go. I don't I don't say I don't think God wants me well, because I know that's not true. But then I'll say something that counters what I just said. It's like you placed an order for something and decided you didn't want it. And then you turn around and you cancel it. It ain't coming. It, but if you'll keep your mouth shut and continue to praise God, whatever you're asking him for, whether it's your healing in your body or finances or in your situation, it'll come. If you'll just keep trusting him, it'll come. I know that most of you have read Proverbs 18:21. Most of you are familiar with it. That it says that, uh, but I don't know. Sometimes we read verses. I don't know. I've done that myself. I read verses and it didn't really click, or maybe I didn't get a full revelation of it, and I just keep on reading. But we and, and Proverbs 18:21. As a matter of fact, that used to be my license plate. You know, <laughs> that the power of life and death lies in our tongues. And though, and, and and another translation says, those who love to talk going you know, we'll reap the consequences. Another translation says you're going to have to eat your own words. I've heard my mom tell me that. You know, you better be careful that you might have to eat them words. Saints, let me begin tonight by, let us, let us all begin tonight by surrendering our voices to the Holy Spirit. And tomorrow night, you're going to understand more about what I'm talking about on this voice. Because like I said, tonight we're setting the foundation Tomorrow night, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of the importance of your voice and, and, and your words, not only spiritually, but scientifically. And you're going to also learn how you can prevent some of the things that's been happening to you, that you can prevent some of these, from, stop some of these things from happening to you. You can do it. You can do it. All you just need is just a little knowledge and faith in the Word of God, and you can do it. I want to share with you over the next few days how Satan uses our voices against us, how Satan uses words as his weapons against you, and a matter of fact, your own words, and also how there is power in what you believe and what you speak. Saints, what you believe and speak not only affects your body, but it affects your immune system. And there is so much on there. I could teach weeks on just a couple of things here. Uh, <laughs> that the Lord just keeps bringing back to my remembrance and keeps bringing things across my path. Scientists are just now recognizing the connection between our brain and the words that we speak. For example, neurosurgeons have discovered that the speech center in the brain rules over all the nerves. In other words, the speech center in the brain has total dominion over all the nerves. And this is the truth that the Bible has always taught us. And James, you know, it's not science catching up with, you know, Christian, you know, the Bible. Uh, or it's not the Bible catching up with science. It's science catching up with the Bible. Because, see, the Bible has been, tell, has been saying this all along. It's just that the, science, uh, the science, science part of scientific, they're just now discovering it. But God has been telling us this for years. But the Lord has impressed upon me because I thought, well, Lord, I teach the Word. I don't teach science. I'm not a, I don't have a degree in that. But he's given me enough to share with you and in and, 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 and my messages that will hopefully between the, the spiritual and the scientific that you will have a make a deeper impression on you and give you an understanding because he's out here because he loves you and he's wanting to protect you.
And there are some things going on that you need to know that you can protect yourself. James 3.2 says that the tongue is the least member of our body but can brattle the whole body. What James is saying and what I'm saying is that if you could control our tongues that we would, that we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in all areas of our lives. But we all know that without the help of the Holy Spirit and the renewing of our minds that no one can control their tongue. The neurosurgeons also say that the speech nerve center has such power over all of the body that simply speaking can give one control over his body to manipulate it in the way he wishes. And I know, brothers and sisters, that you might be sitting there wondering why is this information so important to me as a believer? It's important because when Satan attacks your body with some form of sickness or disease, you can take the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and you can begin speaking to that sickness or that disease and your body will respond to God's word. It will respond to your voice just like that fig tree responded to Jesus' voice when he spoke in Mark eleven fourteen. And you say, well, that is a little far-fetched. Well, that is the truth of the word of God. That is the truth of the Word of God. He said, as He is, so are you. He spoke to that fig tree, and you can speak too. And it had to obey Him. And we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit later too. If you will recall, Jesus did not pray. You're familiar with the story. He didn't pray, did He? He just spoke. So many times we're praying when our mountain needs to hear our voice. We need, to, we need to start speaking to those mountains. All of your circumstances will respond to your voice and to your words. And please keep in mind that this will work both for the positive and the negative. It's important for you to recognize how powerful your voice is and the words that you choose to speak. Saints, there is strength in your words and your words will receive power from God when your words agree with Him. Remember, Neurosurgeons say that the speech center, the nerve center, can give one control simply by speaking. And that's what God's Word tells us in Mark eleven twenty three. 23. He said, Whosoever shall, shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He said, But you've got to believe it in your heart. You've got to believe it, and then you've got to say it. And that's what he was saying. And that's what the newer surgeons were saying. Because, you know, there's two forces at work. What you believe and what you speak. You know, according to Romans 4.17, God has given you the ability to call those things that are not as though they are. In closing, let me remind you that Satan is using your mouth against you every day, keeping you sick and keeping you busted and broke by getting you to speak anti what God says. And you're doing it out of innocence. You're not doing it intentionally. If you had any idea of what you were doing, you wouldn't be doing it. But Satan knows that. So you're, not, you're doing it without even recognizing. You're doing it and you're not even recognizing that you're doing it. I know sometimes I do things and, and the Lord will bring things and I know He does you too. You'll do something and the Lord will reveal things to you or you'll get convicted on things. You didn't even realize it was wrong until He, until he convicted you of it. He's using your mouth. He wants you to speak your problems. He wants you to focus on the problem. In other words, if you're sick in your body, He wants you to focus on that pain. 
if you're having a financial difficulty, he wants you to focus on that because he knows full well that is the only way that he can defeat you is by deceiving you. Tomorrow night in the work workshop, I would like to share some things with you that I believe will change your life. It has changed my life. And brothers and sisters, it is so amazing. And some of the things we're going to learn tomorrow night is so amazing how our minds work. Did you know that most people believe that because their parents died of something at an early age that they will too? Scientists have proven that our genes are dormant, sleeping until they're activated by our thoughts. Scientists have proven that we've got almost all these diseases and sickness in our bodies, but we're the ones to activate them. That's why, you know, this one gets this and that one don't. And this one gets that one, that one don't. In other words, when you constantly talk about it, you activate it, and it will come alive in your body because your spirit, soul, and body are linked together. And, you know... <laughs> Medical students have actually come down with symptoms from the disease that they were studying because that was what they were focusing on, that, because that was what they were thinking about. It has been proven that 87 to 90% of all illness comes from our thought life. Saints, the brain God has given you is able to change as you think. It's a proven fact. According to Proverbs 23, 7, he says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We were talking about that most people believe that because their parents died of something at early age that they will too. And, and, and somebody tells you that you, you, your, your response should be the person that used to live doesn't live anymore. He died or she died. I'm a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. All things have become new. I have a new DNA there is no sickness and diseases in heaven. And I have a new DNA. I can't help what my mother had or my father or my sister or whoever. I can't help what they have. I do know that God didn't put it on them. I know that. That I can't help what they have. But you need to get... But we have to want, We have to train. We have to change the way we think. If we can change the way we think, you can change everything else in your life. There's nothing that you can't do just by changing the way you think. And that's why the Lord says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It, it, it boils down to your thought life and renewing your mind on the Word of God and knowing what His plan is for you and, and then acting on it. And holding that hand up there when that devil comes at you, just talk to the hand. You know, just... Talk to the hand. <coughs> Laugh at him. You know, you got the power and you got the authority. Don't let, don't let him have it. You have to change the way you think and you can't let your flesh control you. You know, when, when 5.30 in the morning comes around and my alarm goes off and my, my spirit saying, Joe, get out of bed. You got to go work out. You know, and I know I don't go work out at 5.30, but I know that I need to spend at least a half an hour with the Lord before I start my day. Because I know if I do, I'm going to have a better day if I get his feedback on what's going on. And then get dressed and go work out my body, my temple that he's given me. And then come back and start my day. So if I can do it, and some of you young ones, and some older ones, I'm probably older than any of you in here. 
you can do it too, right? 